to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Nick Perry. Nick is the owner, founder, executive chairman of Want to Sell Now, the largest nationwide wholesaling company in the United States based out of Austin, Texas. He also owns a fleet of semi-trucks, multiple e-commerce businesses, invests in multiple companies and commercial real estate, and owns the seven-figure cartel mastermind that gets people quickly through the hurdles to becoming multiple seven-figure real estate investors. So welcome to the show, Nick. How are you doing today? I'm great, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored, excited to be here with you guys right now. So happy to happy to help. Thanks so much, Nick. Um, if you want to start off with uh, sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate with the listeners, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, grew up humble beginnings. You know, I think I'm like most people. I didn't have really anything handed to me. I grew up in suburban America. My uh, parents divorced when I was really young, so. I lived with my mom until I was in high school. And then um, after that, I freshman of high school, I went to go live with my dad. It was a big culture shock because my mom, she, uh, my mom and my stepdad were well off financially. And then going to live with my dad, it was, you know, he was really struggling at the time. So, you know, it went from you know, living in a nice house to going to one bedroom apartment, sleeping on the couch, you know, not really having much to eat. You know, he could only grocery shop every couple of weeks. We had, you know, a tough time managing finances. So, that was like my wake up call, you know, into, you know, wanting uh, to be very financially successful because I realized there's nobody, there wasn't anybody coming to save me. So I was going to have to go work and um, get out there and get after it for myself. So from my early age, I've always been working from 14 years old to now I'm 32. I've, I've been working uh, ever since. So, you know, I've worked in all the retail jobs in high school. Then I was a personal trainer um, right out of high school. I did that for five years. And then I realized like, wow, I'm, doing really well as a personal trainer, but I'm not making the money that I thought I was going to make. So I was working, you know, 60 hours a week and only making 60 grand a year. And I realized like, I must have some broken, you know, blueprint and I need to figure out how to become financially successful. So the easiest way for me to do that, I started interviewing all my wealthy clients and all of them that were doing really well, either they own businesses or they were like really good at sales. They were in some Yes, sales role in a big company. And so I was like, well, I need to do sales or own a business. And so I got into sales. One of my clients hired me to actually come do sales in his company. I was traveling around the country, opening up frozen yogurt uh, franchises. So I was selling them to existing franchise owners and opening up frozen yogurt franchises. And then I did that for three years. That was a great experience for me. And uh, that like company started to uh, shift into another model and I wanted to do something else. So I moved down to Austin, Texas from Northern Virginia, where I was from. I didn't have any, I had no connections, no job. And I just had to kind of figure it out. And I knew I wanted to work for myself and make a lot of money. And so I didn't have any money. And that's what qualified me for wholesaling. Cause they said no money, no credit and no experience. And you could be successful. I was like, well, then I qualify. So, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, in the very early beginning, just from watching YouTube videos. And then I hired a, a mentor. I hired Sean Terry to help, you know, coach me in the very beginning. And that was really, that was seven years ago. And then here we are today, 
you know, 2021 when this is being recorded and it's been, it's been a journey. Oh, wow. So, you know, how did you actually get introduced to the concept of wholesaling though? Yeah, I was basically, I had, I moved down to Austin. I had like five grand in my bank account. So like, I'm desperately searching for a job, like, you know, on Indeed and LinkedIn. And then I was dreading it. Like, as I'm looking for these jobs, I was like, man, I really just want to like own my own business. I can't see myself going to work for somebody for the rest of my life. And so, you know, in between looking for jobs, I was looking up different businesses on YouTube and wholesaling made the most sense to me. You know, I looked up Forex and, you know, stocks and, you know, multi- different multi-level marketing companies. And I was like, none of that really resonated with me, but wholesaling did. And so I just started to just like binge watch videos and then started taking action from there. And so you said that after you had, you know, got yourself educated a little bit more and everything that you hired a coach. And then from there, what did you do? Yeah. So from there, I was working full time because I told you I was like broke back in 2014. So I had to get a job. So I got a job. I was actually working at Indeed. I was an inside sales rep there at the same time that I was getting my real estate business going. So when I got hired there, my entire intention was I want to go in here and crush it so I can have enough money to put into my wholesaling business and I can quit. So that's what I did. As soon as I got hired, I went like Top Gun, President's Club, like you know, rookie of the year. I was making you know a quarter million dollars a year working at Indeed, nine to five. And then in the evenings and on the weekends, I dedicated all my extra time and resources to building my wholesaling company. So investing into marketing systems, you know, going to different coaches, investing money into my education. And within a couple of years, you know, um, I was able to quit, but it took, it was a rocky start. It took me 11 months to get my first deal. And I went on 104 appointments and struck out on every single one of them before I got a deal. So it wasn't like I was just, you know, overnight success or anything like that. Like I had to grind it out and pay my dues for that first year before I saw any fruits of my labor. And then even when I started getting deals, I just kept taking all that money and pouring it back into the business for the first couple of years until, you know, I was able to, you know, be self-sufficient and and quit. Awesome. But, you know, going back to your story, you had what people would see as you made it. You are running a successful career at Indeed. You know, you're making a quarter million dollars a year, just crushing it in that space. And so like what in your, like what in your mindset had told you that wholesaling was like, you know, I'm going to put my full force into this. This is like my, my place that I'm going to go to and I'm going to, I'm going to transition everything into this um, wholesaling business. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't really sit well with me. Like having somebody tell me what to do as a grown man. Like, I feel like, Hey, I should be able to, you know, call the shots in my life. I don't want somebody to tell me when to show up, you know, when I can take off and go on vacation. And, you know, it's really just the freedom. Even the, It wouldn't have mattered if I was getting paid a million dollars a year. And indeed, it was still, you know, you're a slave to somebody else's dream, not your own. And so I, I would I would have gladly you know, worked more for less pay and had the freedom than the opposite. So that was the entire vision in the beginning was to be able to call my own shots and be my own person rather than going and working for somebody else. Absolutely. And no, it's really great that you you said that, um, you know, having that option, that choice, you know, that freedom of choice of what you want to do and having control over your time um, and where you decide to, you know, spend that time. Absolutely. No, there's, there's a lot to be said about that. And I think that's where a lot of people end up miserable is they just end up going to these nine to fives and then they have these golden handcuffs on 
and they can't figure out how to you know get out from underneath it. So yeah, I kept my expenses really low. Like even when I was at Indeed, I still I, I was making a quarter million dollars a year. I was you know making another quarter million from uh, wholesaling, but I still lived in a one bedroom apartment. You know, I drove like a beat up car. I didn't upgrade my lifestyle. I just kept going and busting my butt every single day so I could you know, have that freedom. Freedom's the most important thing to me. Yeah, no, it's really, really important that you had said that because, you know, a lot of times we look at the the dollar amounts that we're wanting and we're striving to make and we see the money for it. But at the same time, you know, we're working so hard. But once we actually achieve that like monetary goal, is that what makes us happy? You know, in the end, is it going to be, am I reaching my monetary goal of X amount of dollars? Or am I going to be able to utilize that money as a tool to be able to gain something bigger, something that I can, you know, work towards like your time freedom and and like your freedom of choice and everything? Correct. Yeah, no, money won't make you happy. I mean, I've got a ton of money, but I don't, it doesn't make me happy, but it is a tool, right? Like if you go through, uh, it gives you options, it gives you freedom. You know, God forbid, if you have like a, a crisis come up in your life, like money will solve a lot of problems, but happiness comes from within. You could, the happiest people that I've seen in my entire life is like when I'm in the Caribbean, like the cab drivers and, you know, people selling stuff on the streets. Those are like the happiest people I've ever seen. And then some of the most miserable people are people here in the U.S. that are just like trying to get you know, a monetary goal. So happiness definitely comes from from within. And so you said it took you 11 months to get your first deal. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what were some of the steps that you took in order to get to that first deal? And, you know, can you share a little bit about, you know, what you were going through as you were, you know, not seeing that results immediately. And then it didn't take until almost a full year before you actually got into that first deal. Yeah. I mean, it was just constant, you know, hard work, pain, self-doubt, you know, throughout the entire process, I would stay. I would work at Indeed, you know, my nine to five, and then I would come home and I would literally sit there and hand write uh, yellow letters and stuff them in envelopes, put the stamps on, write the address on the front. And I would do like 250 at night, then take them to the post office the next day, put them in there, buy more rolls of stamps. And I just kept doing that because that was all I could really you know, do at the time. That's what I was being taught to do. It was before there was cold calling, you know. Um, and all that stuff. So I was doing a lot of bandit signs. I would go out on uh, you know, Friday nights and do bandit signs. No, I would do bandit signs like almost like three or four days a week. So I'd stay out until two, three a.m. in the morning, putting out bandit signs. Get up for work the next day and go to work. So there was just like constant marketing, and I was getting phone calls, but I didn't know what I didn't know. I was like, you know, uneducated with you know, how to comp properties. Um, I wasn't really confident in my abilities yet. So it took me those 104 appointments before I was even able to get a deal. Then once I got that deal, I got, I started getting deals pretty quickly, like back to back to back. But yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, when you get to like appointment 75 and you've got no, nothing to show for it, except a bunch of like, you know, late nights and, and all that, it was, uh, you know, that's really what separates, I think the you have people that make it and that don't make it. It's just that tenacity and stick to to see it through. Absolutely. Um, and then can you also clarify bandit bandit signs? What is it? Yeah. So if you're ever, if you, you've probably seen them before, if you're, you know, driving around and you see those, we buy houses signs that are, you know, on the corrugated plastic boards, I would, I would buy 2000 of those a month and I would put them out. And I had this like stapler gun and I would staple them on all the poles. 
and I would stay out, you know, all night putting these things out. I had, you know, an entire investigation going on me for a whole long time from code enforcement. It was, uh, yeah, I was the bandit sign king in Austin <laughs> circa 2015. And so after that first deal, you know, you said you started to see more and more traction happening. Um, you know, as you were as you were building up the business and you were starting to see more and more deal flow coming in, how were you able to handle all of that deal flow that you were and all the business that was starting to come in? And how were you able to, you know, set up your systems to be able to handle all of that? Yeah. So when I was full time in like the corporate world, it was really tough juggling, you know, motivated sellers and doing my job without getting caught um, and getting fired. So I would you know, I would sneak phone calls here and there with sellers if I needed to. But what I did was I got a really, really good virtual assistant who was able to handle a lot of the initial upfront calls for me and schedule appointments for the evenings or on the weekends. Um, and that's what really helped buy back a lot of time is I just got a really good trained VA to do a lot of the um, initial lead intake uh, at the beginning when I was when I was full time. And so then after that, you know, how were you finding the deals that were coming in your way? Yeah. So, you know, 2014 and 2015, it was old school, like letters and bandit signs. But then I evolved into doing a lot of uh, PPC, pay-per-click advertising and SEO. And that's still what I do to this day. So I got really well, I got ranked for a lot of the major keywords on Google, like on the first page. And I was getting a ton of leads, but they were all outside of my area. So I was living in Austin, but all the leads I were getting were like Pennsylvania, California, places that I'd never been before. So I started throwing them all out and I would only work the leads that were in Austin or Houston or San Antonio. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try to work some of these leads from different states. And this is like back in 2016. And I was able to convert a deal in like Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania, I made $12,000 on it and I never saw it, never went to the property. It was done completely remotely. And I was like, oh, this is something. So I did another one right after that in Ohio. And then like, I just started getting them. I had all these leads and that's really kind of when I started picking up and I um, started investing nationally. So I don't do uh, any specific markets. I do the entire United States. So I spent a ton of money on pay-per-click advertising and then we still get some organic leads, but Google hit us with a penalty like in 2017, and it hasn't been the same ever since. So we pay to play mostly now on Google. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so, you know, as you're building up your business, is there anything that you can share with us today about like any lessons that you've learned as you were scaling and finding all these different properties across the United States and, you know, investing outside of the state and not necessarily sticking with the Austin market at, at that time? 
Yeah, you know, if you're looking to go, um, you know, virtual and outside of your local market, one thing I think people have a preconceived notion of is you have to have boots on the ground, which you don't. You know, everything the way that our processes work is we talk to a seller over the phone, we get the property condition, we do the comps online, and then if there's you know, we'll we'll present a you know verbal offer range to the seller. If we're in that verbal offer range, we'll call them back and get them to open up their DocuSign while they're on the phone with us and have them sign a contract. Then once we have a contract, we'll get the seller to take photos for us or we'll send out a local handyman or a realtor to get photos for us. And then we'll begin to market that property to investors that are interested in you know either fixing and flipping it or using it as a rental or Airbnb or whatever. Awesome. So you're doing all this stuff. You're you're building up the um, buyers on your end prior to closing the closing the deal. So you have somebody yeah. at the you have somebody lined up already prior to closing. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So you know through just our you know um, going to so many masterminds over the years, I was able to you know barter buy you know everybody's buyers list. So I've got like 1.8 million buyers nationwide that we're we're tapped into. Additionally, we have some softwares that we utilize that help find buyers. And we, we work with a lot of realtors a lot of times too, because they know, you know, they know all the investors usually anyway. So we have a hard time in a certain market. We'll just reach out to some realtors and have us connect them, connect us to the right people. Awesome. And so, you know, um, also for those people who are kind of starting out, one of the big things that they were kind of probably is going through their mind is financing. So as you were building up and you were purchasing a lot of these different different properties and everything like that, did you ever come into any challenges in terms of financing? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, one thing that really helped me out was because I did, I, you know, would have trouble with taking, getting hard money loans and I'd have to, you know, shell out all this money on cash to close and, and I had interest only payments. So one thing that helped me out a lot was I got plugged in with a company called Fund and Grow. And what they do is they go out and they get you 0% interest business credit cards on your behalf. So I've got like an entire binder full of business credit cards. So whenever I have a property that we need funding on, like say I need $30,000 cash to close, I'm not taking that money out of my checking account. I'm either I'm, I'm using it off the credit cards or I have bank lines of credit. So you can go to your local bank or credit union and get lines of credit. And that will help you, you know, with your expenses. And, and bridge that gap between the hard money and your um, and what you have in your account. So that's really helpful. Get some business credit cards, some lines of credit. Uh, it'll it'll be your best friend. Awesome! Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So Nick, for you, what is next for you, and what are, what is your next focus? Yeah, so you know, I just moved down to Miami Beach. I'm, I live in Miami Beach, Florida. I'm like two blocks from the ocean. I came here just because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. My entire team is back in Texas. And so my goal is, you know, now that we're doing, I mean, we're doing great in the single family, but, you know, I want to go down as the greatest real estate investor of all time. So, you know, in order to do that, I need to step up and continue to push myself in, you know, the commercial realm. So we're doing commercial real estate now. Uh, You know, I'm looking to, you know, have, be a billionaire. I'm only 32 right now. So, I know if I can continue to you know work hard and push myself, I can I can definitely definitely do it. So that's that's my goal. And then on top of that, like my passion is you know just helping other investors. So that's why I started the um, mastermind that we're in, and that's been really really successful. So continue to you know, pour into you know, our members and our, our new members that come in. 
And how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I mean, it's opened up the doors for everything. It took me from broke in a one bedroom apartment with five grand to my name to you know a multimillionaire. And it's allowed me to um, be able to have the life I want. Like I said, I live you know, a couple of blocks from the ocean in Miami Beach. I've got you know, the freedom to do what I want when I want with the people I want to do it with. And um, you know, I credit real estate investing to all my other streams of revenue. You know, I, like I, you said in the intro, I own uh, trucks, e-commerce, I own oil and gas leases, uh, multiple other businesses and streams of income as well. But all that came from real estate money. So um, it, it's been everything. It's been what I you know, built my career on. And I'll always have a you know, soft spot in my heart for real estate wholesaling. And if there was one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? Uh, you can do this entire business over the phone. You don't have to be limited to just your city or your home market or places that are in drivable range. You can literally do this from anywhere in the world and any location that you want to, as long as you have the right processes in place. Absolutely. Especially with the technology nowadays, it makes it so much more easy to be able to communicate with people across the um, across the United States or even across around the world. Um, like even us right now, we're, you're all the way in Miami. I'm all the way in California. We're doing a podcast interview. Um, it just, <laughs> technology has been able to enabling us to be able to do a lot of um, these types of conversations where, you know, in the past, we might not have gotten the opportunity to do so. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's, that's shit. Like when I started in 2014, it wasn't really possible. The data wasn't good enough that you could comp properties like you can now. The uh, iPhone quality of the photos wasn't good enough. So technology has evolved to the point that, yes, you can do this from anywhere. Like I've got a student that lives in Israel. You know, he does this in the United States. So, uh, yeah, don't don't limit yourself. Uh, just your own backyard. You can make this a very free business to where you can live anywhere and truly have like a virtual lifestyle. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I can usually tell who's going to be successful and not pretty quickly just by the mindset, right? So mindset is everything. Just by talking to them for a couple of minutes, I can see where their um, you know, values and things lie. People that tend to do really well in this business have are very self-developed. They've, you know, they're they're not excuse makers. They'll do whatever it takes to to be successful. And that's that's the biggest thing. You know, I could have quit, you know, in the middle of those 104 appointments and not been to where I am now, but you have to have that, you know, just hunger growth mindset and the ability to, you know, bounce back from adversity. Cause you're going to experience a lot of hard times and adversity in your entrepreneurial journey. And how do you handle things when it gets rough? Can you continue to stay on offense and move forward? Or do you, you know, curl up in a ball and like, you know, shrink down. So you got to be tough too. Uh, that's, I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. And so I w- I'd love to ask you really quick, Nick, if you can, if you, if you'd be able to share with us, you know, what is one of the ways that have helped you keep moving forward and not give up and not fall off the, fall off the wagon? Uh, I think it's just, you know, my why I, I knew, like I was telling you earlier is going through struggle and like, you know, financial problems as an adolescent that I would get so pissed off because we didn't have any money. I was like, nah, this is, this is not going to be my life. And so, you know, that is a very strong conviction of why I, you know, in my heart and I won't let myself, 
you know, succumb to poverty. I want to have a blessed life, be able to bless the, you know, people around me, lend and not borrow. So that's something that I won't settle for, for anything less. And because I have that conviction, it helps me when times get rough. Things get really challenging. Well, okay, well, let's figure it out because I'm not going backwards. It's not an option. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And Nick, do you have any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life that you can share with us today? Yeah, a ton. I mean, in terms of business, uh, one thing that really helps out in business for doing this virtually, a couple of free resources, like we use Zillow and PropStream to comp our properties nationwide. You know, for our CRM, we use Podio. So nothing too fancy. We use CallRail for our phone systems. And then like when we sell our properties, we do have a uh, tool we use. It's called Investor Lift, and it helps you find buyers. It'll give you the properties, uh, property owners or the people that flip properties will give you their phone numbers. So it makes it really easy for us to dispo our properties nationwide. So um, you could check that out. Um, if you're doing virtual, I think it's a really helpful tool. And then like in personal life, you know, because I'm, I've run eight different businesses, the way that I keep everything organized and straight is I use Trello. Trello is just a task management app. It allows you to really get all your ideas and checklists out onto paper or onto, you can get the app on your phone. It's free. And what I do is I just brain dump everything I can into my Trello. And then from my Trello, I put everything into my Google calendar and that's how I manage my day and make sure I don't forget anything. So yeah, no, great tip. You free up, you can free up your mind by putting everything and writing down like your tasks and stuff like that. So your mind is more open to creating more ideas. Correct. Because as you, as a business owner, you can't remember trying to, don't keep it all up here if you don't have enough emotion or uh, you know, RAM in your brain to do that. So I think that's a, a big personal tip is use task management apps and stay uh, organized and have good time management. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of that today with us, Nick. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing, where's the best place that they can go? Yeah, you can just, I mean, Instagram's a great uh, place. I've got, yeah, I'm pretty active on there. If you want to follow me, it's just my name, Nick Perry, and then REI, like real estate investment. And then um, if you're interested in like jumping into just like mentorship or coaching, you can go to sevenfigurecartel.com and check it out. Again, if you follow me on Instagram, if you have any questions on it, just shoot me a DM. I'm happy to help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Nick. Yeah. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate you having me on. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.